are busy this afternoon. The Pacers are busy introducing their draft picks, and so we're starting a little bit early today. We've got news from not necessarily the Indianapolis Colts. We've got news from the Chicago Bears pertaining to a former Colt who was arrested. Pacers with a draft pick, and Indiana basketball is going to host North Carolina in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, which is really, really good news. I love that this is on campuses. Season ticket holders and fans of Indiana basketball are going to be able to watch your Tar Heels and the Hoosiers right there at Simon Scott Assembly Hall, and I think it's the greatest. We're also going to talk, like I said, about the Pacers and draft, and i got to tell you the truth. Benedict Maturin is starting to grow on me a little bit. We're going to award this, the Sterling Trophy for Excellence. Going to do that in a little bit as well, I think. If I come up with somebody who's worthy of winning it, it's not the Chicago Cubs. This is Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling for Friday, June 24th, 2022. We're brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. They are the best at what they do. Trust them. Call them. If you've got a plumbing problem, they've got a plumbing solution. This is the way it's supposed to work. Look, just like basketball, hands clasp. Play like fists. Join together. That's what Johnson's Plumbing does. Give them a call. 765 610 8809, I'm telling you, you're going to be happy that you did. Nobody wants a plumbing problem, but when you've got one, you're going to want a really good plumber, and that's Jared Johnson. All right, smash that subscribe button, ring the bell, hit the like button, let's go. You want to donate, hit the thanks button, let's go and talk about Matthew Adams, linebacker for the Colts for the last four years, signed by the Chicago Bears, and he was arrested last night at 6.26 p.m., downtown Chicago. He was arrested on a weapons charge. And the kind of, I don't know whether it's troubling or not. It depends on how you think about uh, gun control laws or the use of guns, the need for guns, that kind of thing. He, he was arrested for having a weapon. He had a high capacity magazine and he had metal piercing bullets. Do you buy metal piercing bullets because you think it sounds cool to say, man, I got some metal piercing bullets. Or do you buy them because you feel like at some point in time you're going to need a weapon armed with metal piercing bullets so that you can shoot something and, and get it through metal? I, I don't know. I don't understand. I've never been a guy. I lived in Chicago for six years, and I, I never felt like my safety was going to be enhanced by gun ownership. I know there's a lot of crime and there's a lot of murder in Chicago, but it's not the way it was in the 70s. It's not the way it was in the 20s where, you know, people are getting Jaime Weiss and, and uh, Bugs Moran and, and all these guys are raising hell all over the north side of Chicago. I, it's not that way anymore. But anyway, I, I, if you feel like you need a gun, good for you. I don't feel like I need a gun. I never felt like I needed a gun. I only felt like, you know what, if you got a gun, you better be ready to use it. And that means shooting people. And I don't like the idea of shooting people. Maybe that makes me soft. I don't know. Here's my story about guns in Chicago with athletes. A lot of athletes feel the need to carry guns because they feel threatened. They feel like people know they got money. They got big bank, and because they got big bank, they need something to defend themselves with in case somebody tries to mug them. So Scottie Pippen, when he played for the Bulls, he's driving. He gets stopped. The police find an unregistered firearm. And he gets a citation or, you know, like that kind of misdemeanor arrest. He was asked why 
he felt the need to have a gun. He said, well, I'm recognizable and people know I've got money. His license plate, PIP 33, that was his vanity plate. If you don't want people to know who you are, don't put your name and number or your nickname and number on your license plate. There are better ways to avoid problems than by, you know, carrying an unregistered firearm. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, Matthew Adams arrested in Chicago, former Colt. That doesn't happen to former Colts or current Colts very often. I can't remember the last time a Colt got in trouble. I remember up at Anderson University, you had some people, some hijinks, right, in the dorm up at Anderson University during training camp. And uh, uh, they fired the running back who, who didn't have any, he had no future with the team anyway. They let the other guys go with a warning. The running back they fired. That's the way it works. When I was traveling with the Rams, you had a situation with three guys, two of them uh, important members of the Rams, got caught getting stoned up in a hotel. We were at the St. Francis Hotel in San Francisco. Three of them get caught. One was a fringe roster player. It was adios to that guy. Goodbye. He was fired in San Francisco. I don't think he came back on the team playing. The other two guys, they got off with, I, I think, a one-game suspension. And one of them was Janoris Jenkins. The other guy uh, was a running back, I, I think, out of Cincinnati. At any rate, the Colts don't invite that kind of trouble. They go to great lengths to prevent that kind of trouble because they don't do business with guys who are a part of that kind of trouble. They understand the rules. The Colts make sure they understand the rules, what the expectations are. And for the most part, at the very least, we don't find out that they stepped outside those boundaries. So good for the Indianapolis Colts. Indiana basketball, let's talk about IU. They got UNC coming up. This is a nice non-conference schedule that they're putting together. North Carolina coming to Simon Scott Assembly Hall is a big deal because North Carolina, like Indiana, returns a whole bunch of stuff. They are missing one rotational player. And that's it. And that's why they are projected as a number one seed in the way too early bracketology and the number two team in the country in the way too early rankings. So it, you, Brady Manick is the only guy among the rotation players for the Tar Heels who is no longer with the team. They are going to be really good. Hubert Davis did a really nice job in his first year as the Tar Heels coach. They are going to get nothing but better. Mike Woodson did a really good job for the Hoosiers in his first year. They are going to do nothing but get better that non-conference schedule firming up and looking really, really good. And again, you know what? You can do what Kentucky does, and you can play in New York, you can play in Vegas, and you can play in an aircraft carrier. You can play wherever the hell you want to go. I like campus games. I like 7,800 students in Assembly Hall watching a game. I like them having the opportunity, the basketball team having the opportunity to play without traveling. I like it that the fans can show up at Simon Scott Assembly. They can walk to games. The students can walk over to Assembly Hall and watch games. I love that. That's the way college basketball should work. It's a part of the college experience. It's not just a money pump. It's not an exposure game for the university. It is about college life, and it's about college students. NIL money, uh, irrespective. It's about a college activity being played by college students, for the benefit of campus life for college students, and it's about money. 
yeah, we're we're not communists. We're we're free market, you know, capitalists. It's what we do, right? So good for Indiana. Uh, by the way, pigs.com, they've got a nice video with uh, Jalen Hood Shafino, who spoke to the media, and I like Jalen Hood Shafino. And the one thing in the video that I thought was really interesting was the story about how Malik Renault kind of came to Indiana. Malik Renault, a teammate of Jalen Hood Shafino at Montverde Academy, decided he was going to decommit. And Hood Shafino on the video says that he was with Renault with him, literally, as he decommitted from Florida. So, Hood Shafino, being a smart guy, a smart tactician, this is what point guards do, he gets on his phone and he texts the coaches at Indiana and said, hey, my man Renault just decommitted from Florida. you got to get this guy. And so Indiana put, put on the full court press before anybody else, before Renault was even done decommitting, Indiana sending uh, texts to Renault, letting him know that there's a port in the, in the storm in Bloomington and they'd love to have him. Beautiful. So you get a top 30 talent in Renault joining a top 30 talent in Hood Shafino, two five-star guys, the only five-star recruits, going to a Big Ten school as a freshman this year. There you go. That's Malik Renault paying, or uh, Jalen Hood Shafino paying dividends immediately as a recruit to Indiana. And that's how this kind of thing kind of snowballs and the momentum builds steam in Bloomington. You got one guy who is thrilled that he's a commit to Indiana and he's playing with a guy who might even be better than he is. And he's like, hey, come on along. What do you think? This is how uh, classes at Indiana were put together when Austin Etherington was there. Austin Etherington was a uh, an AAU teammate, a summer teammate of some guys. And Austin Etherington, recruited by Tom Crean. Etherington was put into play as a kind of surrogate recruiter for Indiana, a surrogate assistant coach. And bang, all of a sudden you're getting guys like Yogi Ferrell and, uh, and Cody Zeller and on and on and on and on. And then Austin Etherington transfers to Butler and the Indiana spigot shut off. What are you going to do? you got to get Indiana guys to play at Indiana because if you can't get Indiana guys to play at Indiana, how the hell are you going to get anybody else to play at Indiana? That's the way it goes. I'm presenting the trophy, the Sterling Beer Trophy, for great logic to myself today. I'm the winner because I'm exactly right about Indiana recruits and Indiana University, and there is the truth. The Indiana Pacers, they are going to introduce their draft picks in less than an hour to the media. I will be there, of course. I enjoy these things. I like doing it. I like talking to these guys and trying to figure out whether a guy like Benedict Maturin is going to be a player at Indiana or whether the sixth overall uh, pick has some troubling red flags that only I can see. I enjoy that kind of thing. So, we're, uh, By the way, Tim Legler on ESPN said that of all the picks, he thinks that Benedict Maturin has the, uh, the best chance to become kind of a perennial all-star. Sees him as an NBA-ready guy now, after his sophomore season at Arizona, where he was the Big 12 or Pac-12 Player of the Year and a consensus second-team All-American. Thinks that he can be a perennial all-star. We're going to find out. And that he's ready to go right now and play the wing for the Indiana Pacers, as you would hope he would, as the sixth overall pick. You didn't get Ivy. We didn't get Ivy. I wanted Jaden Ivy. I wanted a star. 
Maturin looks like a guy who's going to be a really good component for an improving team. If he winds up being a starting player for a 50-win team here in Indiana, you know what? Thumbs up to Kevin Pritchard. We aren't looking down on Maturin. We're not looking down on either of the other two guys who are drafted. And we understand that the, uh, the Baylor product, uh, Kendall Brown, is really, really good and was projected by many to be in the first round. I guarantee you today that Kevin Pritchard is going to say, this is first-round talent. I'm telling you, we had this guy projected into the first round that we were able to draft him at 50 or 48 is a miracle that the Timberwolves traded that pick to us so we could draft Kendall Brown is unprecedented good luck in the annals of the NBA draft. He'll say that he's a first-round talent. He won't say all of the other stuff. But that's what the Pacers are hoping happens for Kendall Brown, that he's a guy who at Baylor, he's an elite-level athlete, 6'7 He's long, 6'11 length. He's a guy who is an elite defender, didn't score in bunches at Baylor. He was kind of a 9, 10-point-a-game guy. But is he a guy, look, we know what the, uh, what the Pacers have done right in the past, in the second round. And it's all promise. Yeah, it's all uh, sizzle, no steak, right, generally. Edmund Sumner, uh, kind, of a, uh, kind of an anomaly in that he actually played. But you could see that Sumner was never going to be a guy to get big minutes for the Pacers. And those second rounders, they rarely bubble up. Lane Stevenson, an exception. He was a friend. Now that's a first-round talent. First-round talent, and everybody's worried about, you know, kind of the, the bubbles in the think tank that sometime plague uh, Lance Stevenson. Wound up being a good pick. That Paul George, Lance Stevenson. Not a bad draft for Larry Bird that year. Uh, so, but let's think of it this way with the Pacers. Look, when we were, oh, four months ago, and we were talking about the Indianapolis Colts and what Chris Ballard needed to do to get this team right. There was a lot of work to be done. You had to get rid of Wentz. You had to find a quarterback. You had to go out and find a left tackle. You had, you had to go out and find wide receivers, even though that work I don't think is finished. There are a lot of boxes that needed to be checked, and we were worried that, and how about the pass rush? Had to do something about the pass rush, too. Kind of like, woof, what's going to happen? What are we doing? What's Ballard doing? Well, he's done a lot to check those boxes. With Wentz gone to Washington, Ryan comes in, you, you draft Pierce, you sign in Gawkway, you sign uh, Stephon Gilmore. A lot of work has been done. Pacers, they got like $30 million in cap space, according to Track, $31.3 million. The work is not done for the Pacers. All right? Halliburton, if they keep healed, right? Duarte. And then, last night, they pick up Maturin. And you've got Isaiah Jackson, maybe Miles Turner. You've got the components to a potentially successful team. Let's trust Kevin Pritchard for a while and see what this looks like, maybe on September 1st, September 15th, something like that, prior to the preseason. Let's see what they look like in the summer league before we cast aspersions on Kevin Pritchard and Chad Buchanan. That, for a Friday? Are you kidding me? This was huge, huge day of news. Let's go. Uh, Dave, tonight at Ruoff and tomorrow night, going to be all kinds of fun. Let's go. Can't wait to show you and talk to, uh, have you see 
conversations with Benedict uh, Monterine and Kendall Brown and, uh, you know, all the kids who are, uh, are coming to Indiana. It's going to be fantastic. Andrew Nebhard, of course, as well from Gonzaga. We'll do that uh, throughout the weekend, throughout next week. It's going to be fantastic. Can't wait to talk.